The Mountain Vista Baptist Church podcast features the preaching and teaching of Pastor Robert Perry and the guest speakers of Mountain Vista Baptist. The purpose of this podcast is to help believers grow, to edify the saints, and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul has focused on the fact that God is in control and in charge of all things, in particular that of salvation. And knowing all of these things and understanding how the Lord has worked in our life and His Spirit guides us and and works in our life, uh, we are introduced to this truth that the Lord transforms our lives through these things as well. That's why we find in chapter 12 and verse number 1, to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, uh, and that is what the Lord desires for us to have take place in our life. And, and not just an outward conformity, not just something that we put on a good show or that we put on a facade that's fake and that's uh, artificial and, and that's not real, but actually something that is produced of God himself as he transforms us from the inside out. And so I want, to join, uh, I want you to join with me and read along silently as I read aloud, in, beginning in verse number 22 of Romans 15. Romans 15 and verse number 22, it says, For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire uh, these many years to come unto you, Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, uh, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way uh, thitherward by you, and for if first I be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to uh, make a certain contribution uh, for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For in the, if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come, to, uh, come by you into Spain, and I, and I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Let's pray and ask for the Lord's blessings this morning. Our Father, we do thank you for this time together today. We would ask that you would just bless as we uh, consider your word. Give me the word to speak as I deliver it. And uh, Lord, that you may, might be honored and glorified through everything said and done. As we consider this example of Paul and his great desire that he has to... Uh, be able to meet and to minister uh, to and with these uh, believers in, in, the, in this church at Rome. Uh, Lord, I just ask now that you'd help us to help maybe catch his heart uh, uh, for the ministry and for the folks that uh, you would have in the minister too. And Lord, I just ask now that you would uh, be honored and glorified and magnified and your will be accomplished through everything said and done today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, after a time of much encouragement, uh, admonition, and even godly instruction, Paul takes a brief moment. He pauses, if you may, right here, and he, uh, he, he shares with us his great desire uh, to be able to be with the church at Rome, to make his journey there, to be with them, and to see them face to face. He had traveled all over a vast region. He had went from place to place, and through his times, he had, his time traveling, he'd seen people saved, he had seen churches started, uh, but yet he had never made it to Rome. These people that he's writing to, he's never met them face to face. Uh, he, he might know a few names here or there, but uh, the, the church at large, he doesn't know them necessarily personally. But one thing that he did know about them was their testimony. 
and uh, he was thankful for their testimony. He was thankful for the church, and uh, he was thankful for the great work that they were accomplishing and had already accomplished for the Lord. But he also realized that there was a great um, uh, there, there was a great potential that lied before them. There was something that could there was some more that could be accomplished. There were still people that could be saved. There were still people that could be reached there within that city. Now, as I consider here this morning, this heartfelt uh, uh, word that the Apostle Paul gives here, I couldn't help but also think of the accomplishments that the Apostle Paul had already uh, accomplished in and of himself. We understand the Apostle Paul, after he had accepted Christ as his Savior and began his ministry for the Lord, everywhere he went, he went preaching. Everywhere he went, he was able to see people saved. And then many of the places that he went, he saw churches begin and, and, uh, and, and begin to be established and to grow. And, and, uh, but yet, through all that he had accomplished, he was still not satisfied with saying, that's enough, I'm going to hang up my belt today. Now, I'm not saying that he wasn't um, content with the work that the Lord had given him. Even after all, the, it was the Apostle Paul, he said, whether I abound or am abased, I've learned therewith to be content. But what I'm saying this morning is he was content, he was, he was grateful for what the Lord had done, but he wasn't satisfied in the fact of saying that as long as he had breath, that he didn't want to continue on in the service for the Lord. He wanted to continue serving as long as the Lord would allow him to do so. And because of that, he sensed the great need. He sensed uh, the importance of trying to get to Rome and to help them personally even. His teachings from other places has helped them. This letter, no doubt, would be a great help to them. But he believed that his presence with them would be a huge asset to them as well. And he realized the urgency that lied before him and the urgency that was at hand. He didn't desire to, to visit Rome, though, my friends, as a spectator. Re consider that. He wasn't hoping to go to Rome so he could take in all the sights. He wasn't hoping to go to Rome so that he could have some, uh, somebody at the church take, them, take him through the church house and to show him all the pews or the seats and, and, and show him where the restroom is. And, and he, that wasn't his desire to get there. His desire to get to Rome was to be with the people that were there. His desire to get to Rome was so that he could partner alongside of the people there personally and individually and be able to reach that community and that area for Christ. He longed to see more individuals come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The truth be told that when it comes to the travels of the Apostle Paul, I don't know that I'll ever match up to his travels. I mean, he went everywhere, it seemed like, preaching the gospel. In the, the known world at the time, he pretty much covered the, 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 the vast majority of it. I know that I speak to a crowd of people today that have had their life somehow influenced in parts or, or portions, at least, by the military. And so you probably have been from place to place, whether it be your whole family or individuals at time for just periods of time. That, that lifestyle just doesn't compute with me. Uh, as I've shared before, the house that my parents live in today is the same house they brought me home from the hospital in 34 years later. I've lived there in, in, in Illinois. I've lived at college in Indiana. I lived at uh, an apartment and a house in Arkansas, and I've lived here in Arizona. 
And some of you, you say, that doesn't compute with me either uh, because you've moved so many times. But regardless of whether we've moved and been places or we've kind of just been stationary, the truth be told, our travels, and especially the reason for our travels, may never match up to those of Paul. But that doesn't mean that our work for the Lord is any less important. He, he went from place to place preaching the gospel and re, trying to see churches established and reaching others for the sake of Christ. And we might not go from place to place, but we might just stay in one place individually for years upon years. Or the Lord might use Uncle Sam to move us around from place to place. But wherever it might be, that doesn't mean that our work for the Lord is any less important. Because ultimately, we must remember this. This world is not our home. We're just pilgrims passing through this land, and the travels in which we go through from in what we call this, this, this pace of life, let us use it for the honor and glory of our Lord. As we go throughout this life, would we not, like Paul, go throughout this life with a spiritual lens guiding us and helping us and equipping us to be able to serve the Lord with gladness. I pray that as we go through chapter 15 and verses 22 through 29 this morning, I pray that it'll do two things. I pray it will enlighten us. And I pray that it will challenge us. And I hope that it will enlighten us and challenge us as we walk this road of life to consider what we truly long for. As we consider these verses this morning, I want us to see Paul's longing for Rome. This was something that he longed for. He longed to be with these people. He longed to serve alongside these people. He longed to, 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 to interact and to minister with these people. But my friends, the longing for Rome, I do not believe was the foundation of his longing. I believe the true foundation of his longing for Rome was a desire to serve God with his life. And so what I'm saying, I want to I liken Paul's longing for Rome to our longing to, to do a service for God. What was he wanting, longing to get to Rome to do? To serve God there. And wherever that might be for us, whether it might be through Sunday school, whether it might be through bus ministry or children's ministries or an usher's ministry or a greeter's ministry or a parking lot ministry or whatever, we go on down the list of the ministries that Mount Vista Baptist Church has here. But whether, that, whether the Lord give us a longing for an individual ministry or whatever it might be, may the Lord ultimately give us that longing solidified and grounded and foundationed in a desire to serve Him with our lives. I want you to notice number one with me this morning. Then that is just simply this, Paul's longing. Number one, Paul's longing, and we read in verses 22 through 24, it says this again. It says, for which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. But now having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my way thitherward uh, by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. These verses here plainly reveal Paul's earnest desire to visit Rome. 
It, it reveals his earnest desire to be able to, to visit with these people and to minister alongside these people and to personally greet this church here in Rome. He wanted to come alongside them in ministry. But as he's sharing his desire, as he's sharing his sincere longing to minister with these people here, can I know, have you note first and foremost, he said, as I desire to serve there, I've faced some adversity. Notice verse number 22 again. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. Paul's expressing the fact that he longed to go to Rome and longed to minister with the people there. He longed to uh, see others in that region of Rome to be able to come to know Christ as, as their Savior. But through it all, and as he's ministering elsewhere, trying to make plans to get there to Rome, he's been hindered. Some of these hindrances have been from Satan himself. Satan would, allow, would send along a, a, a persecution and, and fightings and, and, and even uh, warrants for arrest and things along those lines. And, and uh, Satan would do all that he could to try to keep Paul from being able to serve the Lord, not only where he was, but definitely from getting the wrong. Some of the hindrances were just uh, hindrances of timing, and it wasn't the right time, or uh, the ability wasn't there. Ultimately, my friends, some of the hindrances came from God himself. As God had other plans for where Paul was to minister. But regardless of what hindered Paul from getting to Rome, can I say this? He never viewed any of the delays of getting to Rome as an outright defeat. He never said, well, I was delayed from going today, and I had planned to go this next month, and I had this time that I was planning to go there, and every time I planned to go to Rome, all, everything just falls apart. He never looked at the delays as defeat. And I don't know if you've been there like I've been there, but where I've had plans, and I've had desires, and I've had wants, and, and I've even put uh, pen to paper, and I put it on my schedule, and I've, I've planned out how it's going to look, and, 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 and the process in which it's going to be accomplished, and, and everything, and how every piece of the puzzle is going to fit together, and then all of a sudden, the corner piece is missing, my friends. And I've put it together, and I've tried, and I've planned, and I've agonized over it, and all of a sudden, that thing that I desired for didn't come to fruition. Paul said, I've experienced that. And listen, my friends, Paul's desire was not a desire of his own necessarily in the fact that he just wanted to go there on a vacation. He was ultimately wanting to go to Rome to help do work for God, but yet he was hindered. You know what the devil likes to do in those times? He likes to come along and say, hey, I know you had planned this for God, but you're just not good enough for it. You, know, you, 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 you tried your best, but your best isn't good enough, and so you might as well just throw in the towel. And he wants to leave you defeated. He wants to leave you as if there's no hope and there's, if there's no, no, no sense or, or reason to continue on. And I'm sure that Satan, if anyone he was going to attack, it would definitely be Paul. And I'm sure Satan would come along, alongside of Paul and anytime there was a hindrance, anytime there was a delay, anytime there was any type of adversity that came along into Paul's life and Satan would come alongside and say, hey, Paul. It's just not worth it. You might as well just throw in the towel and give it up. But Paul never took any of those delays as a defeat, my friends. Can I say this morning we ought to take the same attitude as Paul? 
And if our sincere desire, if our longing is truly based and grounded in, in a desire to serve God with our life, when a setback comes along, don't throw in the towel and give up. Stay dedicated to what the Lord has planned for you. It might just not be the time for you to accomplish that yet. It might not actually, even though it's a good thing in your mind, it might not be God's best for you anyway. And so just take a step back. Trust God through the, through the circumstance, but don't throw in the towel. If there's anything that the year of 2020 should have taught us, is the fact that all of our plans may come and they may go and never come to be accomplished, but God's work never ceases. His, his, his desire never stops. And what he is going to accomplish, he's going to accomplish, and we just trust Lord, the Lord in those circumstances. In fact, Paul speaks to that point as we move on to the next verse. Verse number 22, he says, hey, I desire to come to you, but I've been hindered. I've faced some adversity along the way that's kept me from going, but I'm not giving up, and I'm definitely not giving up on God. As he goes on to speak of his accomplishments in verse number 23. Notice the, first, the phrase in the first part of verse number 23. For which cause also I have, uh, I'm sorry, that's verse number 22, verse number 23. But now having no more place in these parts, having a great desire these many years to come unto you. You know what Paul is saying there? I've done the work for God where he had me, and that work is accomplished, it's finished, and I'm moving on. Here's where Paul was at. Paul has served in places like Philippi and Ephesus and, and all these places, and he's, he's, he's serving in those places while all the while wanting to be in Rome, the ministering there. Paul didn't just sit down on the curb and say, God never gives me what I want. I want to be in Rome and he just won't let me go and just sit there and throw a temper tantrum. Although he wanted to be in Rome, wherever he was at, he still served God where he was at. And what he says here in verse number 23 is the fact of this. Because I've done what I was supposed to do for God where I'm at, I finished the work he has for me here. Now I can move on. And I believe the Lord will have me one day come to Rome. But as we're going to see in just a moment, before he gets there, he's got to go to Jerusalem as well because that's part of God's plan. All I'm saying here this morning is, is, this, is this, that we, we can make plans and we can have desires for God, but ultimately we trust, trust in him and serve him wherever we might be and trust him for the accomplishments that will come. I believe that this would be something that might be very, very good for all of us to take into consideration, but especially in the region in which we are living. It is not there is no mistake that this, this region of Sierra Vista is, is a heavy military area. That means that there's many that live in this region because, not because they chose to move here, but because the U.S. government has moved them here. I have literally heard people that are part of the Mountain Vista Baptist Church that have said, and I wish I could be someplace else. Not anything against the church, and I hope not anyways, but uh, not, you know, not anything necessarily against those things, but they would desire to live somewhere else. Sometimes it's overseas even. But what I'm saying is this, if God has you here right now, serve him where you're at right now. 
don't just look for greener pastures. Don't just hope for something that you don't have. The Lord might move you to where you want to be one day. But where you're at right now, serve Him with all your heart. Because here's the deal. God's going to accomplish His work one way or the other. And it can either involve you or not involve you. I would rather Him involve me in it. And if this is where he has me right now, then let me serve him with all my heart where I'm at right now. That doesn't mean that, it's not, that you can't long for someplace else. Paul was serving in other places while longing to be in Rome. But he did not allow his physical longing for Rome keep him from serving the Lord with all of his heart where he was. And because of that, he was able to accomplish and even finish the work of God where God had him. Notice that in verse number 23 again. But now having no more place in these parts. He's saying, he's literally saying, God's closed the book. He's finished a chapter on my life and service here for him where I'm at. Now I'm moving on. But even in the midst of where he was at, he wanted to be in Rome, but it didn't keep him from serving God with his heart. Notice his ambition, though, in verse number 24. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my wither, way hither, hitherward uh, by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. He says, I'm coming into Spain, and I'm going to serve the Lord in that region. I pray that I'll be able to come by and visit with you there. But notice his ambition was not just simply getting to Rome and setting up camp or making that his house and, and saying, I'm finished, I'm done. He said, I'm going to come, and I hope to come and visit with you. I hope to come minister with you. But I've got plans to reach the lost in other regions of Spain as well. That's where we try, truly find the heart of Paul. He had a desire. He had a longing to minister in a specific place. That longing ultimately, though, was out of a grand desire to serve God with his life, no matter where he was at. And he said, I will, I believe the Lord will allow me to come and be with you one day, but that's not the end of my plans or my work for the Lord. He's got other plans for me as well. All I'm saying this morning is, as we notice Paul's longing, I believe with all of my heart that his longing to serve in a particular place was grounded in his great desire to serve God with his life wherever it might be. Would that not be our prayer today? Where I'm at, where God has me right now, I would serve him with my life. I might have a desire to go to this place and serve him. I might have a desire to serve him in a particular ministry that I'm not involved in yet. But wherever it might be, would I just serve God with all my heart? Notice Paul's looking in verse number two, or point number two in verse number 25. So number one, we see Paul's longing. Number two, we see Paul's looking. Verse number 25, but now I go into Jeru unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. And we'll just pause there for the sake of time, and we'll kind of highlight as we go along. But here Paul is revealing his path that he will plan to take as he uh, makes his way toward Rome. Notice in verse number 25, he speaks of his plans. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. Before traveling to Rome, Paul planned to go to Jerusalem in order to, in order to minister to the saints there. Although he had a burning desire to visit Rome, he was committed to God's plan at large. Here's where most of us miss the, miss the mark. Most of us would get the desire to serve God in some capacity or some way, and we say, 
this is what I want, and I believe ultimately this would be God's will for my life, but we skip the steps of getting there. It'd be like when the Lord called me to preach when I was 16 years of age, and I said, God's called me to preach. That means I have to go pastor a church right now. So I skipped Bible college, I skipped the years that I had in Arkansas and all those things, and I go off and I start a church somewhere. Can I say that I would have failed miserably if I was trying to pastor at 16. I'm reading a book actually right now by Elmer Towns, and he pastored his first church at 19. Wow, what an accomplishment there, right? But nevertheless, I'm, I, would have, I would have failed miserably. Why? Because there was a process, there was a journey that the Lord had planned for me before ever bringing me here. That involved Bible college. That involved some time in ministry elsewhere. All I'm saying this morning is Paul, he had a great desire to be in Rome. He believed ultimately it would be God's will for him to be there. But he had to follow the Lord's plans on getting him there. It involved going to, Jer uh, to Jerusalem first. Notice his provisions in verse number 26. We've seen his plans. Notice his provisions in verse number 26. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Interesting thing here. Because Paul was dedicated to God's ultimate and his, his will for all of the sake of, of God's work, not just one in particular place or situation. Paul realized his need to be able to deliver a special offering that the churches of Macedonia and the church of Achaia had collected for the church of Jerusalem. Consider this with me, though. The church of Jerusalem is like the mother church. church of Jer the Jerusalem is where Pentecost took place. Jerusalem is where the Holy Spirit came and, and filled the people of God there. Jerusalem is the church that would send out missionaries to go into other cities so that other churches could be started. I mean, Jerusalem is, the, is where it's at. Jerusalem was the, the church of churches. It was, the, it, was, uh, it was the example for all other churches to follow. But they had fallen on some hard times. They had fallen into a, a situation where they were in great need. And now... Here came along the churches of Macedonia and the churches of Achaia, and they had taken up a special collection of an offering so that it might be delivered to this church at Jerusalem to meet their needs. Can I say that the churches of Macedonia and the churches of Achaia, uh, they probably didn't have the same reach and influence as the church of Jerusalem did? I doubt that they were the same size. I doubt that they had the same impact even as the church of Jerusalem had had, but they had a part to play. They had, a, uh, they had a, 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 a need that they could feel, uh, fill. And I know he's speaking specifically about churches, but can we take this down locally to where we are today? You might not preach the message. You might not teach the Sunday school class. But each and every one of us has a position of service that we can fill. You might not feel like it is that you're as important as another person. But when you're serving God, it's all important. And those churches might have thought that they were just some small podunk church out in the hall or somewhere. But they were important to the work and the plan of God. 
All I'm saying this morning is Paul knew that he was responsible to help bring God's provision from these churches to the church at Jerusalem before he ever had plans of getting to, to, to Rome. Notice his purpose in verse number 27. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. Paul revealed the reason for his journey to Jerusalem was a fitting reason and a right reason. And the Gentile churches had benefited greatly through the spiritual contributions of the church at Jerusalem. They, I mean, the church at Jerusalem had sent out missionaries and people to help get these Gentile churches started. And now Paul is saying it is a right purpose for me to go it's for the betterment of the, of the things of God as a whole. But as I close this morning, I want you to notice thirdly with me, not only have we seen Paul's longing and Paul's looking, but number three, notice Paul's loving in verses 28 and 29. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Although Paul was not planning to come to Rome immediately, he did intend to get there, and he reveals his commitment of getting there to them here. He says in verse number 28, he, he, he sets an example, first and foremost, though, of his love for them, but ultimately his love for the things of Christ. He says in verse number 28, when therefore I have performed this, what was he performing? the journey and the path that God had planned for him of first taking this contribution to Jerusalem, ministering to the saints there, then making his way towards Spain and hopefully being able to stop at Rome to, uh, on the way to do that. Can I say this morning what Paul was doing and sharing his, his commitment to them and showing his love towards these people at Rome, he was ultimately sharing his love for the cause of Christ as well. Is because he's ultimately saying, what I desire, I mean, humanly speaking, what I desire is to come be with you. I want to minister there in Rome. But I know for the sake of God's work that it's better for me to take this journey first and accomplish what the Lord has for me to accomplish when I therefore have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. I would say this this morning, that Paul was giving an example of how we ought to have a proper focus in our life. Sometimes we have a desire to accomplish certain things within the church, but the foundation behind it or the motivation behind it is not because we just want to serve God, but because we want a title or because we want a position we somehow make that th makes, it, makes, it, makes us think that we have some authority or power. My friends, that would be the entirely wrong reason to have that desire. What our desire ought to be is just simply this. It could be that I, if I were not the pastor, and I was a church member attending church regularly, it could be that I had a desire to teach a Sunday school class. It, might not just be, it just might not be time for me to teach a Sunday school class yet. So what I ultimately ought to be willing to do is come up here when nobody else is around and scrub a toilet for the glory of God. You say, how does that even compare to teaching a Sunday school class? Somebody's got to do it. My friend, listen to me. 
Listen to me this morning. Paul is setting an example of his love for the cause of Christ. He's he's making a commitment to these people. I love you so much. I've not even met you, but because of the fact that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, I love you so much that I have a great desire to come minister alongside of you, but I know that my love for the things of God and the accomplishments of the work of God is even greater than that, that I'm willing to make the detour, if you wanted to call it that, to take this contribution to Jerusalem, to minister to the saints there and then when the work of God is finished there if he would allow then I'll come to you then that's not ultimately what Paul wanted first and foremost as far as a a physical fleshly earthly desire but he was willing to do it because he knew it was the right thing to do we might not have any desire to come up here and blow off the parking lot sweep a sidewalk wash some windows just so that my four-year-old daughter can come along and put her handprint right on it after it's done. We might have no desires for those things, but if I truly have a, have a longing for ministry work, something that we would maybe consider to be greater or grander, of that of teaching or preaching or ministering in some way, I ought to ultimately be willing to come and do the dirty work also. Because that's grounded in the fact that I have a desire just to serve God whatever way he would have me to serve. See, I believe that the Lord opens up the doors for what we in our minds would consider greater service when we ultimately stop and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. If he can't trust us with the little things, how could he trust us with the big things? Now, can I go back and say this, that whatever we do for God is important. In my book, the one that's teaching that Sunday school class right now, or me preaching this message, is just as important as the one who cleaned the toilet yesterday. But we don't always see it that way. But when we look at it as, I get to serve God, and I'm willing to serve God in whatever capacity he'd have me to serve serve him, then we get that mindset then we have that viewpoint, and I believe that's the example that Paul is setting here. You say, Paul isn't setting the example of cleaning toilets. I understand that. I'm using that as a simple example. He was willing to go out of his way and not accomplish what he ultimately wanted right there, and then because he knew what was best for the work of God as a whole. Notice in his loving, he gave his expectation in verse number 29. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Paul fully expected a fruitful ministry at the, uh, in the time that he arrived in Rome. Paul did not desire to go to Rome because he felt like it was going to be a vacation for him. He didn't desire to go to Rome because it was going to be the time where he got to sit back and relax. He desired to go to Rome because he believed there was a great work that could be accomplished there. And he expected the Lord to bless when he arrived. Can I say, Christian, that's how we ought to live our life in service for the Lord? I don't go out on Thursday nights or Saturday mornings and pass out gospel tracts and such and think to myself, this is just another time filler for me because I don't think God's going to do anything for this. No, I go out into the highways and the hedges compelling them to come in because I believe the Lord's going to bless and he's going to honor that service of the Lord to, uh, for the Lord, uh, what I do, to, do for him. 
I don't stand up here on Sunday mornings and preach for 45 minutes just so that I can fill 45 minutes with the sound of my voice coming across the microphone. God help us if that was all the purpose it was for. But I stand up here on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, and I believe with all my heart that the Word of God will not return void. I believe that the Lord will accomplish His work, that the Holy Spirit will speak to the hearts of those that are believers and, and help them understand the, 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 the Word of God and that they will make a decision based off of how the Lord has led them and the Holy Spirit has convicted their hearts and spoken to their hearts. I preach on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night believing God's going to use me to do something for His work. I say, Christian, whatever it is that you might be doing for the Lord. Mama, as you teach and train and raise that child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, believe that you're doing it because the, because, and that the Lord is going to re bring fruit from it. Why would we do anything for God not expecting Him to work on our behalf? If it's a work for Him anyways, let Him bring the accomplishments, but do it believing He will do it. Serve him, believing he is going to move and work in our lives. And can I say that as Paul had complete expectation that when he got to Rome, that the Lord was going to move and work, that ought to bring great comfort and ought to bring great assurance to our lives as well. Because the same God that Paul was serving there is the same God that we serve today, my friends. We can believe that he has something planned for us to accomplish through him if we would just serve him. As I close this morning, the majority of us will not likely minister in foreign lands in the same way that Paul did. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't have a plan or a purpose for our lives. He has placed us where it pleases Him and He will provide all that we need to serve Him in that particular setting. And we must be sensitive to His leading and willing to follow as He guides us. Paul had a great, sincere desire to go to Rome. He was longing for Rome. But until God opened the door for him to go there, he said, ultimately, the reason why I have that longing to go to Rome is because I have a sincere desire that is rooted in just serving God with my life. I don't know what God, the longing God might have given you. It might be that you feel that the Lord would have you go to a foreign land to preach the gospel. It might be that you feel that one day God would use you to teach a Sunday school class. It might be that your, your longing is to, you're just content with uh, walking an aisle and passing an offering plate. Praise God for that also. But what I'm saying is whatever longing God has given you, even if it hasn't come to full fruition yet, would you serve God where you're at in whatever capacity he will allow you? Because the longing that you have to serve God in that one position ought to be based off of the longing that you have to serve God with your life, no matter what it might be. That's where Paul was. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that's why, the, the, why he gives us the, 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 the God, God has given us this portion of scripture to help us understand that, God long, or that Paul longed to be at Rome, yes, but more than his longing to be at Rome was his longing to serve God with his life, no matter where that was. Would to God we have that desire. Would to God that we just have that, that longing to serve God. You know, it could be that we don't even have that grand longing of going to a foreign land. But because I surrender to 
God and said, you know what, I might not have the greatest of voices, but I'll sing in the choir and use the talents that you've given me for him. You say, well, I know how to play an instrument. I'm not really, I don't like to get in front of people, but God's given me that opportunity, so I'm willing to just serve him what, with the abilities he's given me. And you might not even have that longing yet, but when you surrender to the Lord in one area, he might begin to speak to you in another. And just like Paul, you might end up with a longing, and it might not come to fruition right then and right there, but when we surrender to the Lord and, and follow his leading, ultimately he's going to take us to where he wants us to be. I don't know about you, my friends, but I consider Paul's longing for Rome as an example of how we ought to long to serve our Lord. And if that means that I get to do this and preach his word for the rest of my life, or if that means that he moves me to the mission field, or if that means that I, ha uh, that I go and I don't get to stand behind this pulpit and I don't get to do what, uh, do what I do on a regular basis now and I, get, I go out and I become a, a trash collector, I do it all for the glory of God. I'm going to serve him with my life wherever he might have me, whatever he'd have me to do. Because ultimately my longing is not the limelight of pastoring. My longing is based in the desire to serve God with my life in whatever capacity that might be. Say, how could someone have a desire like that? How could someone desire to do anything for a person? A person they've never even seen face to face. How can someone have a longing or a desire to give their entire life for a cause that truly is based completely on faith and not sight? The reason why someone can have that desire is because they've experienced a great love that only Christ can offer. The fact that he loved us enough to come to this earth and to die on that cruel cross, cruel cross he was buried and he rose again and he did it all for you and I, my friends. When we accept Christ as our Savior and realize what he's done for us, if you would have ever experienced his love, you will know right off the bat why someone would be willing to do that. If you're here this morning and you're questioning how anyone could have that type of a, a desire or a longing to serve the, the God that they've never seen with their physical eyes, with their entire life, whatever it might be, maybe you need to meet Him today. Maybe you meet, need to trust Him as your Savior. I'm not here to admit, put any doubt on anybody's life or on their salvation, but I'm just here to say if you don't know Christ as your Savior, what we've spoken about today isn't going to make sense. You're not going to be able to understand it. And therefore, I would invite you today to, 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 to experience a love that is greater than any other. A love that gave his life so that you might live. Would you stand to your feet with me, please? With your heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. As we enter into this invitation, I want to ask a few simple questions before we pray. First question being this. How many here would say, Pastor, I know for sure I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven, and I know that if I were to stand before God today, I'd hear, welcome home, my child. Could I just uh, rejoice with you? Just slip your hand up and right back down as a testimony of salvation. Hands all across this auditorium. Praise God for that. Would there be someone here who would say, Pastor, honestly, I'm not sure that heaven's my home. I'm not sure that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out or anything like that, but I would like to pray for you. And if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I've never experienced the love of Jesus Christ. I do not know for sure that I'm saved. Would you please pray for me? Just slip your hand up and right back down. Hand up right back down. Anybody like that this morning? One last question. Then how many here would say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. 
I know I'm on my way to heaven. I know that the Lord has, has loved me with an everlasting, gracious love, and he saved my soul. Pastor, would you pray with me that where I am, that I would have the desire to serve God in whatever capacity he'd have me to serve? Not necess- nothing wrong with longing for a position, hoping for an uh, opportunity, but out of that, it would be based on the fact that we just have a desire to serve God. How many here would say, Pastor, would you pray with me that the Lord would help me and that my desire for service would be based off of a desire for God himself? Can I pray with you this morning? Anybody like that? Hands all across this auditorium. And I want to encourage you to do this this morning. If you're able, I, I would encourage you to maybe come to the altar and kneel before the Lord, just humbling yourself before him and saying, Lord, here's my heart, here's my life, here's how you've spoken to me. And I'd like to offer my life to your service. If you're unable to kneel at the altar right there where you're at in your seat, if you'd call out to him and just respond in how he's, how he's spoken to your heart today. But I'm going to pray and the music will begin to play and the, the invitation will begin. Our Father, we do thank you for this morning. Thank you for all that you do for us. And God, I would ask now that you would just bless this time of invitation, have your will in your way. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As the music begins to play, the altars are open. If the Lord spoke into your heart, I'd invite you to come. If you, if you need to do business with God today, now is your time to do so. Thank you so much. If you look up here real quick for me, and uh, we have uh, Jim and Lisa up here on the front row, and 
And uh, they've been attending uh, for quite some time now, but I've been able to get their salvation testimony. And, and uh, they have come this morning and would like to join Mountain Vista Baptist Church as members. And uh, <laughs> wow, somebody's excited about that right there. But anyways, uh, we're going to, of course, make it official. So everyone in favor, uh, raise your right hand and shout amen. Amen. And so, Jim and Lisa, we're glad to have you as part of Mountain Vista Baptist Church and looking forward to growing together with you in our, 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 our worship and service for the Lord. I'd invite you, of course, after we pray and such, to make sure to come up this way and, uh, and uh, welcome them and congratulate them and let them know how grateful and thankful that you are uh, to have them as part of the church family. Uh, but go ahead and be seated so that we can have our up next video. And then after that, we'll be dismissed in prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Sam, if you would, since you're standing back there, just dismiss us after everything's said and done. And again, make sure to slip up here and, uh, and congratulate and welcome them to our church family after that. But let's find out what's coming up next. And then we'll be dismissed. Welcome to Mountain Vista Baptist Church. We're so glad that you were able to join us for our services today. If you happen to be a guest, 